Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday night. It is May the 27th, 2022. And uh, what a tough week this has been. Uh, It's actually hard to say happy Friday. Not much joy in Mudville. Um, I was planning to talk about immigration today, and we will be talking about it. And and I'm going to start out today talking about Title 42 and the hypocrisy of the Biden administration. But I want you to know that a good part of my program tonight will focus on that mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas, and the way the politicians incredibly have politicized this disaster, this, this horrific tragedy. Um, but, but let's get started. And I think this is all part of the same problem. We expect political leaders to look out for our best interests, but we know that's not happening. And it's not happening from either party. Let's be real clear about this. Too many politicians belong to the same party, the Republicrats. They are bought and paid for by lobbyists. They create illusions so that you think they're meeting your demands, while in reality they're not. They change the rules of the game, even in terms of how they govern. It's amazing. If businesses conducted themselves the way that the Congress does, the way that politicians do, they'd all be in jail. It's absolutely astonishing. Governance is supposed to be about looking out for the interests of our fellow Americans and our nation, period, period. And that's not what you're seeing. We now have, as I keep pointing out, the best government money can buy. Take the incidents on the border, the crisis on the border. First of all, it's not a border crisis. Let's be clear. It's an American crisis. What happens on the border does not stay on the border. The aliens who are coming across the border are being transported by the Biden administration throughout the United States, dispersing them in the dead of night. This is not the way a democratic government operates. There should be transparency. There is only one reason <clears throat> that material is supposed to be kept from the American people. If, the, if divulging the information would undermine national security or public safety, then the government has a legitimate need for secrecy. I held a top secret clearance. The idea was that the materials we had access to were not to be divulged to the general population, because America's adversaries could learn about our resources, our tactics, our methods, etc., etc., etc. It's about protecting the country and protecting Americans. There is nothing about the outrageous crimes being committed by the Biden administration where immigration is concerned 
that protects national security. If anything, it's undermining national security. If anybody did what they're doing, you would be in jail. Uh, after the program, go to Title Eight, United States Code, Section 1324, and see for yourself what the law says. Aiding, abetting, encouraging, inducing aliens to enter the country illegally and remain thereafter are felonies. Harboring and shielding and transporting illegal aliens are felonies. <clears throat> Anybody who interacts with other people to accomplish those crimes are committing the additional crime of conspiracy, criminal conspiracy. So in the dead of night, we're having thousands upon thousands of aliens flown around the country, put into unmarked buses, and dispersed throughout communities. How is that in the best interest of America or Americans? I defy anybody to give me one single answer about how this is good for us, good for our country, good for anybody other than those people who are profiting by this or who see a political advantage. In theory, the idea of a democratic government, a government that rules with the consent of the population, is that they are doing what they believe is in the best interest of the greatest number of Americans. That's what the whole idea to governance in a representative democracy is supposed to be about. And I have yet to hear a single reporter ask anybody at the White House, how are your measures in the best interest of America or Americans? Why should Americans be happy that you're doing what you're doing? In theory, if a government represents the people, then it's easy to sell what you've been doing and say, this is how I've made things better for you. You're earning more money. Our country has never been safer. You can go to the store without fear. Your children will get a solid education and through that education be qualified to take wonderful jobs when they graduate and live their share of the American dream and be successful and happy within our country. Is that happening today? I don't think so. I don't think so. <clears throat> and it's both parties. I mean, the Democrats are off the rails. Full disclosure, I'm a lifelong registered Democrat. The Democrat Party used to be the party of labor, and the Republican Party was the party of, of the business owner. And both sides of that equation have legitimate concerns. You know, I frequently like to use the analogy in this being Memorial Day weekend, um, who's more, um, who, who should get the credit for, for our successes, for example, at D-Day? Was it the incredible valor and courage of the soldiers who many died on, on those beaches or came home grievously wounded and not just there throughout wars or is it the generals who devised the winning strategies who do we give the credit to i would argue that it's a shared credit without the brilliance of generals like eisenhower and Patton and all the others d-day would have flopped without the gallantry of our soldiers d-day would have flopped put that together good leadership with brave courageous soldiers with lots of toxic masculinity. Yeah, you heard me. Toxic masculinity saved the day, protected our great republic, protected freedom around the world, brought an end to the tyranny of the Nazis and the fascists. It's true. You have kids today who are clueless about American history. Shame on our educational system and shame on American parents for not getting involved. And now when they are involved, the Biden administration accuses those American parents of being domestic terrorists. How dare you mix into what we're teaching your kids? You deliver us your kids and we'll brainwash them and indoctrinate them any way we want 
And if you get in the way between you and your children and the teachers, we're going to come to you. I mean, isn't that the message? Isn't that the message? The parent-child relationship is fundamental to a successful, happy human being. Those formative years when that child bonds with his mother and hopefully his father, there's nothing like it. It's difficult when a parent is missing. I am. I was a single parent um, for my first son because his mom died when he was an infant. I can't even tell you what that was like for him, for me, for so many people. But in an ideal world, children and parents bond, and the parents in an ideal world take care of the children, show them love and care and tenderness and everything that they're supposed to get. And as they get older, discipline them. Um, teach them responsibility, teach them that there's consequences for actions, good or bad, teach them that with um, getting what they want comes responsibilities. You know, it's, it's a balance. It's a balance. And now you've got the United States government threatening parents who dare become involved in the education of their own children. And this is leading to a lot of other problems, and we'll get into that when we talk about the horrific shooting just a couple of days ago. We have dysfunctional families, and remember that abused children become abusive parents. They create problems for society. And to have the U.S. government take the position that parents who want to be involved with their own children are to be looked at as potential terrorists because they're concerned about their children, these people are crazy, they are dangerous, they're anti-American, They're doing tremendous harm. We ought to be encouraging parents to be involved with their children. I was the PTA, the Parent Association president of my daughter's public school. It was important to be part of that process. And now you have school boards around the country that won't listen to the parents. And in New York City, we don't even have a school board. The mayor took care of that, Mayor um, Bloomberg. The idea is keep the parents out of the school's so that we, the government, can teach those children whatever it is that we want to teach them. This is a catastrophe. This is truly a catastrophe. This is not the America that I grew up in as a kid. And it's something that should be of great concern to all of us. And you would think the government is looking out for our best interests. Well, if they did, they wouldn't have to manipulate anything to win an election. They should be able to stand on their record and say, look what we did. You should be happy. Vote for me because I will give you more of the same. More of the same of what? No baby formula? No more of the same of what? A wide open border, the record numbers of of drugs, illegal aliens and criminals among them are pouring into the United States. The Biden administration is running, I would argue, the biggest human trafficking operation in the history of the United States. Is that what we're going to vote for? And I'm not taking a position about which party to vote for. I'm just telling you, look at the facts. Look what's being done. We're turning criminals loose on the street. And we're told that this is called criminal justice reform. Take sociopaths and turn them loose. Wow. What could go wrong? We've got serious problems in this country. And part of it is because of the not-so-benign neglect of the government by our own citizens who didn't want to get involved. We're more concerned about who's going to win the World Series or who's going to win the the Super Bowl than who's going to win the next election. We're lousy employers 
because those nitwits are our employees. And they expect us to act as though they are our employees, employers rather. They've turned everything on its tail. Make no mistake, just as civil servants are supposed to work for the people, these politicians are supposed to work for us, and when they don't, throw the bums out. Throw the bums out. And if you don't like lobbyists, understand that the politicians who take the big bucks from the lobbyists become the employees of the lobbyists. Think of the employer-employer relationship. The employer writes the check, the employee cashes the check, right? And so Title 42 was used by Donald Trump, and I didn't always agree with Trump. Uh, There's lots of things I disagreed with him. But his basic fundamental policies, for the most part, made sense and were in our best interest, putting Americans first. And today, if you dare suggest putting America first, you're going to be attacked as a xenophobe, a nativist. Well, I am a nativist. Michael W. Cutler is a nativist. If by nativist you mean that we're supposed to take care of American citizens, irrespective of superficial factors, you know, race, religion, ethnicity, who cares? If you're an American, then the government of the United States of America should make you the priority, period, full stop, nothing more to say. That's what putting America first means. And you actually have politicians who are running on policies of saying, how dare you put Americans first? Imagine hiring a baseball coach who says, I feel bad that the other team lost, so I'm going to do what I can to make sure that our opponents win. Really? How long would that coach keep his or her job? But that's what we're doing. So Donald Trump, because he couldn't get support from the Republicans or the Democrats to secure the borders and force the immigration laws, the agenda is clear. These are globalists. Had to use military money to, to finish the fence that was, of course, stopped immediately by Biden. And that fence, and I'm going to keep repeating it everywhere I go until it sinks in, was not designed to stop the entry of a single person into the United States. Not one single person was supposed to be stopped by the fence. No, I haven't lost my mind, and you didn't mishear me. The purpose of the fence was to funnel everyone through ports of entry, period. If the goal of the fence was to block entry, then it would have blocked the ports of entry, and it didn't. So when Nancy Pelosi gets up there and lies, which is any time her lips are moving, it seems, and she said, the border wall is immoral. Really? It's immoral to expect people to be vetted before they enter the United States? Do you think she would take kindly to someone sneaking through her bedroom window at 2 o'clock in the morning? I don't think so. Because you're expected to knock on the door and say, hi, can I come in? And you have the option of saying, no, you can't. That's the purpose of the vetting process we conducted ports of entry. And if you go to Title Eight, United States Code Section 1182, it lists the categories of aliens to be kept out of the United States. There isn't a single word that makes any distinction about race, religion, or ethnicity. It's about aliens with dangerous communicable diseases. Ellis Island was a quarantine station. That's what Article 42 is about, what Title 42 is about. <clears throat> Pardon me, aliens who have mental illness, aliens who are criminals and terrorists and spies and human rights violators and war criminals and fugitives from justice and human traffickers and drug smugglers, aliens who would become a public charge or if they work, would displace American workers and or drive down the wages for Americans. Who could be opposed to that? Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and all the globalists. Because they want the cheap labor. They want the destruction of the middle class, and they are succeeding. Alan Greenspan, back on April 30th, 2009, testified to Chuck Schumer with Schumer 
uh, chaired the Senate Immigration Subcommittee, and he said that the solution to wage inequality in America is to make American high-tech workers compete with foreign workers because we were paying them too much damn money. And if you could make them compete with third-world workers, <clears throat> you could slice that wage premium right out of that paycheck, and then you would greatly reduce wage inequality between Americans with skills and those with lesser skills. I kid you not. And he actually had the chutzpah to refer to middle-class, high-tech workers as the privileged elite. And I've tried to get Republicans and Democrats alike to repudiate Greenspan, and they won't. They are on the same page. That is why the earning power of the average American family is in the toilet, because Americans have been forced to compete with foreign workers for jobs. We're educating foreign students, and then we're being told it's only reasonable now that we've educated them that we allow them to work here. And what about the Americans who are taking those jobs? What about American kids who are studying to take those jobs? Oh, they need not apply. The American dream? Yeah, that's for people who are here either illegally or on visas. This isn't about what's best for American children or America. Corporate America wants the cheap labor. Silicon Valley wants the cheap labor. The banks want the labor from other countries, so they move money out of the country, and they get a piece of the action. When they move the drug money, they get a piece of the action. Banks are moving companies. They don't move furniture. They move money for a fee, for a fee. And that's where we are today. If you haven't noticed, the middle class is all but extinct. They ought to put up an exhibit in the Museum of Natural History and put the middle class on exhibit next to the dinosaurs and the mastodons and the saber-toothed tigers because they are not only on the endangered species list, they are truly on the way out. This is the destruction of the middle class by design. And the Democrats are ecstatic because that means that Americans increasingly will have to turn to government for subsidies so they can purchase luxuries, three meals a day, keep the lights on at night, luxuries. And the politicians on the other side are happy to see wages go down the tube so that corporations can fatten their earnings at the expense, literally, of Americans, except they seem to forget that they're depending on middle-class Americans to buy the crap that they peddle. You're destroying the consumer base. That's why more people lease cars than buy them today, the destruction of the consumer base. This is a failed economic model. But these idiots, greedy as they are, can't seem to get the point. And that's where we are today, outsourcing manufacturing to our adversaries, waiting for China to maybe send us the meds that we need, and maybe not. Really? Are you crazy? But this is where we are. So the Biden administration said, we're going to end Title 42. Why? Well, because we want to let all these people in. And that was what I wrote about for Front Page Magazine. If you haven't read the article yet, please go to front page magazine we published this back on may 19th and the title of my article was titled 42 and chaos on the border and the subtitle i think you're going to like it mayorkas the mayorkas of course head of homeland security dhs mayorkas is not america's guardian he's its innkeeper and in my article i suggested that in the past i've said that we should really call dhs the department of homeland surrender with mayorkas at the helm we ought to be calling it the department of hospitality services. If you look at the corruption and $500 million contract given to a company that's supposed to provide housing for the illegal aliens flooding across the border, wow, 
Read the article. It's an eye-opener. And please share it with as many people as you can. So now, here is really the kicker. We're being told by the administration that they want to end Title 42. And it's not an immigration decision. It's a public health decision because Title 42 is issued by the Center for Disease Control. They say, okay, you know, you can't let these people in because they might spread a disease, but that's no longer the case. Well, if that's no longer the case, why are we being told in places like New York City and Philadelphia and elsewhere that we're about to have another wave of COVID and we need to get our booster shots and we need to vaccinate the little babies and we need to wear masks and we need to do all these crazy things if COVID is no longer an issue? An interesting question. I like questions. The adversaries of truth don't like questions because when you question someone, you're also questioning their authority. It's through questions that you figure out how you're being conned and screwed over. Trial lawyers make tons of money, not because they know the law. Anybody who comes out of law school knows the law. Trial lawyers make big bucks because they know what question to ask, how to ask it, and when to ask it. The art of the question. So if in point of fact we're supposed to be concerned about the pandemic, why is the Center for Disease Control that purportedly is based on science is telling us that we could end Title 42, which would indicate that there's no longer a concern about the pandemic. So let's look at a headline. This was sent to me by, sent to me by a former colleague. In fact, it's funny. I mentored this guy when he first hired on with the old INS and he ultimately became a supervisory agent, and he is now retired. You know you're getting old when the people you mentor are now retired. If you look at my uh, white and gray hair, you can see I've, I've got lots of mileage on the odometer. But he sent me an interesting article, and the article was in a newspaper called the Brunswick News, and Brunswick is where the Federal Law Enforcement uh, Office's training center is. And there is a facility known as FLETC, F-L-E-T-C, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. So here's the headline. FLETC shut down. Rising cases show pandemic is not over. Wow. Pandemic is not over. The federal government continues to shutter the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. Wow. They use that training center not only when they recruit new agents, but also for in-service training. But they said the risk is too great that if we run FLETSI, people might get sick. Okay, that's cool. When was this published? May 23rd, 2022. May 23rd, 2022, right around the time when Biden was insisting that we're going to end Title 42. Really? So we don't have to worry about aliens coming into the United States with COVID, but we have to keep the federal law enforcement uh, training center shuttered because the pandemic is not over. Are we following the science, boys and girls? I don't think so. I don't think so. And someone needs to ask that question. When you see that kind of a departure from reality, when you see that kind of contradiction, when you see that kind of hypocrisy, you know you're being lied to. It's a lie detector. And the lights are flashing and smoke is pouring out of the damn machine. Fletzy shut down. Rising cases show pandemic isn't over. But they want to end Title 42. What's that about? How do you justify those two things? It's snowing out. Here's your flip-flops. Hope you have a nice walk to the store. Wait a minute. 
There's three feet of snow and you're giving me flip-flops? Are you crazy? You're telling me that we can let people in and we don't have to worry about the pandemic? But Fletzy continues to be shut down, and local municipalities are telling us that we need to go back to stricter measures to be safe from the COVID pandemic, which obviously isn't over. Which is it, folks? Once people start lying to you on that level, you know you can never, ever again trust them. You know, fool me once, shame on me. Um, Rather, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Why are we allowing this to continue that way? How do they justify no more Title 42 while we're told that the pandemic still poses a threat, while we're told that babies now need to be vaccinated, while we're told that everyone should be going for their booster shots? If the pandemic is no longer an issue so they can justify taking down Title 42, why is all this other stuff happening? I think we know the answer. I think we know the answer. They need a laxative. They're full of, you know what, brown stuff. It's outrageous. It infuriates me. It infuriates me, and it should infuriate everyone. I'm not being political, but I am being an American. I am being an American first and foremost. If I sound angry, I'm beyond anger. I'm beyond anger. And what's so remarkable is if you look at the threats that we face because of what happened in Afghanistan and Fox News reported May 18, 2022, quote, Taliban will likely loosen al-Qaeda restrictions in Afghanistan, U.S. predicts. A new Department of Defense Inspector General report reveals military assessments of how the Taliban is handling counterterrorism. The concern is that we're going to get hit again. Okay, we're concerned about getting hit again. And then what do we have? We have the Department of Homeland Security issuing a summary of terrorism. This is February 7th. 2022 summary of terrorism threat to the u.s homeland and everything in the threat is about domestic domestic terrorists domestic terrorists think about that what about foreign terrorists what about aliens coming here committing visa fraud what about the refugees that weren't properly vetted and there have been articles about improperly vetted aliens from afghanistan coming to the united states how does that react how does that square and then there was something really interesting here um, let me see if I can find this bear with me. Um, I just had it. That's the problem with computers. You move the mouse, and what you were looking at kind of vanishes sometimes. Um, so what, what they even said here is foreign terrorists remain intent on targeting the United States and U.S. persons that may seek to capitalize on the evolving security envir- environment overseas to plot attacks, right? So the main thing that they talk about is how they're going to use the internet to create attacks in the United States, the internet, not that they're going to come here, but the internet. Think about that. And then here's another great example. A small number of threat actors are attempting to use the evacuation and resettlement of Afghan nationals following the U S military withdrawal from Afghanistan last year as a means to exacerbate longstanding grievances and justify attacks against immigrants. We have people coming here who weren't properly vetted, and if you dare complain about it, then you're committing an attack against the immigrants? No. We, look, I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission. I've investigated and arrested terrorists. And almost invariably, terrorists from other countries use fraud. They conceal their identities. They conceal their backgrounds. They conceal their movements. 
And, and so what are we being told? That people are making these terrible claims that we've got people coming into the country so that we can attack the immigrants. No, this isn't about attacking immigrants. And the tragedy is that very often transnational criminals most frequently kill or target immigrants and immigrant communities, not just from Latin America, but from all over the world. Most of the murders committed by the gangs are committed within the ethnic immigrant communities, whether it's Asian organized crime, the Jamaican drug posses, MS-13. You name the group. I know. I've arrested all these networks. I've investigated all these networks. I'm not speaking out of some brain spasm that, that emerged. They live in these communities, and very frequently they will target the people who live with them in those communities. So think of how terrible this is. People finally come to America to realize their dream of legally immigrating to the United States. And to their horror, they find out that the people they were trying to get away from when they came to America are here and making their lives miserable right now within the borders of the United States of America. I know. I saw too many examples of that. And somehow, if you believe that, there's something wrong with you? Really? And now we turn to that terrible attack in Texas. And what struck me is the first question that was asked, how did the shooter get into the school? And there was conflicting reports. And I want to make an observation. It makes sense that there was an initial news report or an initial press conference. 19, it's really hard even just thinking about this. 19 children, children not even teenagers, children, were shot to death. Two teachers shot to death. Certainly, press conference makes sense. But how many more press conferences have there been where we're getting speculation that we don't know yet, but we're going to think about it? We're say, and then we wound up with information that was wrong. You know, just like the only thing worse than no security is false security, the only thing worse than no information is false information. Now, I'm not saying that they were misleading people intentionally. But, you know, my parents taught me real well. Neither of them went to high school, let alone college. The thing that was so upsetting for me personally was that my parents passed away before I got my degree. The day that should have been one of the happiest of my life uh, was one of the most tragic because my mom and dad weren't there. But they had real smarts. There's a world of difference between being educated and being intelligent. I've met too many damn idiots who had PhDs piled high and deep, right? And they said to me, if you don't know what you're talking about, shut the blank up. Shut up. If you don't know, close your mouth. My dad used to look across that dinner table for me when I was a teenager, and he'd say, Mike, empty barrels make an awful lot of noise. And why would he say it? If I ran my mouth and couldn't substantiate something that I was saying. If I couldn't back it up with facts or personal experience or something, I was told to zip it. Good advice. Shut up. Instead, they're running to the cameras, and they're spewing all kinds of nonsense, and the stories kept changing and contradicting. What's the purpose for that? Is it exciting to be in front of TV cameras? I've been in front of the TV cameras. Big deal. Whoopee-doo. Either you're providing solid information or shut up. So we had all kinds of conflicting stories. Why? What are we doing? Is this journalism or gossip? 
And what are these politicians doing? And so the first question was, how did he get into the school? Was he confronted? Was the door locked? How did he get into the school? And, you know, that's funny because it kind of parallels what happened on 9-11. How did the terrorists get into the United States? And I keep making that point. When there's a crime, the first thing that you hear is the question, how did the person have access to the facility where the crime was committed? How did the terrorists have access to America? How did the shooter have access to the school? Interesting parallel, isn't it? Isn't it? And the 9-11 Commission spent an awful lot of time talking about immigration and visa fraud and border security and immigration law enforcement because they made the point that border security is a tool in the counterterrorism arsenal. What border security? You have a wide open border. And the administration thinks that Americans are the terrorists and not the people overseas. The first step in solving a problem, folks, is to identify that there's a problem and acknowledging it and being honest about it. <laughs> I'm expecting politicians to be honest. What am I drinking? Honest, yeah. Okay, sure thing. Trying to find some of these politicians to be honest is like looking for a virgin in the house of ill repute, isn't it? God help us. God help us. So the first issue was how did he get into the school? How did the terrorists enter the United States? Keep thinking about those questions, folks. They're relevant. And now we're told the issue is really gun control. If we only could control the guns. Now let me tell you something. As a federal agent, I took many guns off the street that were being used by hardcore criminals, murderers, drug dealers, terrorists. Took the guns away. Prosecuted some of them for that crime. By the way, if you want to get the guns off the streets, under federal law, Title 18, United States Code, Section 922G5, look it up, an illegal alien in possession of a firearm or even ammunition that has crossed the state line since manufacture or came into the country since manufacture is committing a 10-year felony. So if you really want to go after the guns, why aren't we enforcing federal immigration law that works with the gun law under Title 18, United States Code, Section 922, small g, 5. I've made a bunch of arrests for that violation of law. It used to be a two-year felony, then it was a five-year felony. Uh, last time I checked, it was a 10-year felony. Oh, wait a minute. We don't put people in jail. We put guns in jail. We, we take the guns off the street, and we put the criminal back on the street. What was I thinking? We're not supposed to put people in jail. Let's just lock up the guns. Does this make any sense to anybody, folks? Have I lost my mind completely? The gun is not the issue. It's the person wielding the gun. And look at the mess that we're in today. 60 Minutes just did a story about how we have record numbers of children who are in emotional distress. Maybe it's because of the pandemic. Maybe it's because of drugs. Maybe it's because of family situations. They're trying to figure out what is going on. More and more children committing suicide, attempting suicide. There's something terribly wrong. We've never seen it in these numbers. And again, it's funny because Donald Trump warned us. He said, you lock everyone down for too long. You're going to have problems with drugs and alcoholism and suicide and mental health. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And this isn't the first mass shooting. Some report today talked about hundreds of, of school shootings, hundreds. So here's the question I'd like asked. 
instead of talking just about the guns, because the gun was the instrument used for the crime, toxicology reports look like on the shooters. How many of the people who pulled the trigger were acting under the influence of some kind of drug, medicine, psychotropic, whatever? No one talks about that. Last year, we had a record number of people die of drug overdoses, over 100,000. 21 people dying at this mass shooting is is something that I I can't conceive. I'm sorry, I I can't. But I lived through 9-11 where over 3,000 people were killed on one day and the death count continues. We're losing 100,000 plus per year to drug overdoses. Do the math. We're losing more than 19 or 21 people per day to drug overdoses, but there's no photo op. This was a photo op. And the, and, the, and the politicians are drawn to that photo op like the moth to a flame. Where's the news conferences about all the people who die of drug overdoses? Where's the news conference about all the people whose lives are ruined because they became hooked on drugs and wound up in jail because they were, number one, using drugs, number two, committing crimes to get the money to get their hands on the drugs? Nobody cares. I just saw a commercial in New York that really rattled my cage big time. We should be running commercials discouraging drug use. It worked real well for cigarettes. I was on an earlier program today, and I made the point that when I was a kid, I remember, and I'm living in the same house that I moved into with my parents when I was 11. It's home. It's home. No, no place will ever be as much like home for me as the house that I'm in. And I used to sweep the sidewalk in front of the house as, as it was one of my chores that I did as, as a teenager. And we always had tons of cigarette butts. I think the last time I saw a cigarette butt on the sidewalk in front of my house was a couple of weeks ago. Why? People don't smoke the way we used to. You used to go to meetings, and there'd be blue smoke everywhere, and you'd be coughing your brains up. Number one, it's illegal. But number two, people have stopped smoking because the commercials have done a very good job of getting people to understand how dangerous it is to smoke. So here's the commercial with a bunch of young people piling into a car, but nobody gets behind the wheel. They're looking at each other, and they're giggling, and they're obviously high, and the voice announces to the effect, that's good. Don't, you can get high, just don't drive when you're in that condition. That was the message of the commercial. So getting high is okay. Let's have more drug use. The banks and Wall Street and real estate, they need to launder that money. They're profiting off of the suffering of people who are strung out on drugs. The drug money is, is flowing around the world to the tune of billions, trillions, God only knows. We are disintegrating as a country, as a culture, as a society. I was taught that when the t- going gets tough, the tough get going. You've got to stand firm and, and do what you have to do. Um, the, the Brits have something about standing strong and carry on or, or words to that effect. I'm sorry, I don't have the exact quote in front of me. But you know the point. Being high or stoned is not a good thing to do when a family member is dying because they need you to make the decisions. I know I was there too many times. And I actually had a neighbor who became a guidance counselor, believe it or not, school psychologist, who said, hey, Mike, I can get you some great marijuana. He was finishing up his master's degree a couple years older than I was. And my both parents were dying of cancer. And I looked at him and I said, that's wonderful. 
And what do I do tomorrow when the phone rings at 9.30 in the morning and one of my parents' doctors is on the phone and needs a serious answer from me? We've become so self-absorbed, so narcissistic. Um, we are in a country of people who are grammatically challenged. They only conjugate verbs in the first person singular. The three most important people they know, me, myself, and I. Whatever happened to standing strong? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? That's not where we are today. That's not where we are today. So you have suicide as a major issue for young people, mental health as a problem. You have children who are being taught all kinds of crazy nonsense in school uh, that not only women can give birth, really, biologically, I want someone to explain this to me. I want someone to explain male and female. And if you don't think that that really exists, well, when you go to the pet store, you can only get one of two types of dogs, male dog or female dog. I'm sorry. We are part of the animal kingdom if you want to follow the science. But what do I know? So what's really happened is we have an untethered generation. If you want to look up something interesting, go online and look up um, societal reference points. Because what has really happened is all of our reference points have gone out the window. This is about mass confusion by so many people. And if you have children who are isolated between, by, by COVID, not going to school, um, not interacting with other people, spending too much time on the Internet, playing games that glorify killing. Think about the video games where you go into a room with a gun and you're shooting them up. You're desensitizing these children to murder. Now, I'm not going to play psychologist. I'm not going to tell you this is absolutely it. But as a layman, it certainly seems to me that if you're playing a video game that's as realistic as possible and the goal of the game is to kill as many people as possible, if that doesn't sound like a murder simulator, then I don't know what does. And go to the movies for all the screaming that we hear in Hollywood about violence and get the guns. The biggest opponents of guns are the actors who wield those guns in the movies very realistically and rack up carnage. If you're really against violence, why are you glamorizing it? Hollywood is supposed to be the glamour center, right? Okay. Well, what example are we seeing in the movies? Two people have a fight, and instead of working out the problems, which is what you're supposed to do, they, they, they try to kill each other. They kill each other's family. They run each other off the road. They, they drive cars through the living room. Violence, violence, violence. Blood everywhere. Cars flying through the air. Explosions going off. And the people that produce this trash are the ones that are telling us guns are bad. Guns are bad. You're making millions of dollars with those damn guns until something goes terribly wrong in the case of one actor who actually said that the gun went off by itself. Folks, I've been carrying firearms since 1975 when I became a special agent for the INS. And in all those years, I've never seen a gun, mine or anyone else's, jump up and go off by itself. What are we doing as a society? You have the schools trying to take control of children away from the children's own parents. You have the United States government targeting parents concerned about their children's education as potential domestic terrorists. We have record levels of narcotics flowing into the United States. 
gangs flowing into the United States, movies glamorizing violence, video games acting as simulators for mass murder, and people are surprised at what's happened? Really? Are you crazy? Are you blind? We've got to get back to some fundamental basics. And it's not even about religion necessarily. It's about common sense. It's about teaching children values. And it's funny because you have people today that don't know what it's like to lose. Now, I'm not a big fan of sports, professional sports. I believe in sports, even though I was lousy, I was such a klutz, it was embarrassing. When I was a kid, if you said to me, go out there and play basketball or football or baseball, uh, if you put a gun to my head, I would have said, shoot me, let's get it over with. This dog won't hunt. The only thing I was really good at, two things, bike riding. I dreamed of doing Tour de France, and I played a mean game of handball. Lost very few handball games. Okay. But the thing that I learned on the handball court was a whole bunch of things. Number one, I did lose. And when I lost, instead of sucking my thumb and screaming and jumping up and down and having a meltdown, I said, okay. Let's analyze why I lost, so the next time I play, I'll do a better job, just like when I play chess. I love playing chess, and when I make mistakes, I make, I make note of the mistakes so I don't repeat the mistakes again. That's what we're supposed to do. That's how we learn, by trial and error, trial and error. You learn from what goes wrong. My dad taught me that there's no mistakes in life, only lessons if we learn from those things that go badly. But you have a generation of Americans who grew up believing that, Everybody wins. So when they lose in the real world, they don't know how to deal with it because they've never had to deal with that before. So they become enraged. They attack comedians because the comedian offended them, and they had a, quote, microaggression, whatever the hell that is, microaggression. Think about it. It starts young, and it permeates everything that we're doing. I'm not supposed to lose. I always got a certificate of participation. Oh, I I thought I was quoting Hillary back there. Sorry about that. Oh, by the way, isn't it remarkable that few networks have covered the Sussman trial? Amazing, isn't it? When I was growing up, there was an expression that it's not whether you win or lose, but how you play the game, right? When was the last time you heard that expression? Because for the people of this generation, it's always about winning, and they're only going to win, and if they don't win, they're going to do something terrible because... They're not supposed to lose. That's not life lessons. That's not the way you help someone to grow up to be a successful, well-adjusted person. You keep teaching people that they will always win no matter what, and then when reality sets in, God help all of us. America's going down a dangerous path. We, the people, need to grab hold of the steering wheel. We need to make the politicians accountable. When you have politicians refusing to accept their responsibility to do what's in the best interest of America and Americans, they need to be voted out of office. When you have politicians who refuse to participate in town hall meetings, they need to be voted out of office. When you have politicians who tell you that putting Americans first is wrong, they need to be voted out of office. Who is our government supposed to be looking out for? We have a military to protect America and Americans. What are we doing? How are we allowing this to happen? And we have this terrible mass shooting. How many schools have said that they didn't want 
police in their schools. Think about that. And then we're told, well, if you see something, say something. Okay. But if you don't trust the police because you've been indoctrinated to believe that the police are the problem, who are you going to report the problem to? The police are there to help us, the thin blue line. Now, does that mean every cop out there is is an angel or perfect? Of course not. I don't know any profession that doesn't have bad practitioners, whether we talk about doctors or teachers or lawyers or politicians or shoe salesmen or airline pilots. And it's remarkable because a few years ago, uh, Johns Hopkins did a study about medical malpractice, and it was horrifying because Johns Hopkins determined, and I believe it was in 2018, an estimated 250,000 people died because of medical malpractice, 250,000. Another school pegged the number at 440,000. Deaths, malpractice. If you have a couple of bad cops, deal with them. Maybe the trick is to keep evaluating how police operate, and that's fine. But the police aren't the enemy. They're there to protect us. They're there to enforce the laws. And when you have prosecutors who think they are defense attorneys, and I've written about how Yale Law School is now providing free law education to students who come from poverty, teaching them not how to be good lawyers, but basically be, you know, agents for change. Social warriors. Is that why you go to law school? There is a concerted effort underway to turn America upside down and inside out. And all the while, America's adversaries are paying close attention. They saw what happened in Afghanistan, that self-inflicted rout by the genius of the Biden administration, leaving behind tens of billions of dollars of hardware, liberating 5,000 terrorists, and abandoning Americans and those who helped us. If I was America's adversary, I'd throw a party. This is what passes for leadership in America today. And what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to think? Look at the news coverage. News organizations have become outlets for propaganda. They're supposed to report on the facts, period. And instead, look at the inane questions being asked. And I don't care what network you're looking at. People are dead, and they're running around with their microphones. I want to know how they sleep at night. I want to know how they look at themselves in the mirror in the morning when they're brushing their teeth. So how dare you? How dare you breathlessly have a news conference and idly speculate? And and, and there's another issue that I want to talk about, because I'm sure you're going to be hearing more about it from Joe Biden. We've heard about it from other people also. I've seen conservative politicians jump on the bandwagon of demilitarizing the police. We need to demilitarize the police because this isn't a good thing. Well, Joe Biden keeps talking about the notion of uh, law enforcement officers patrolling neighborhoods and Humvees, and that's not happening. The local cop on the beat does not have the tools to confront an armed intruder like we saw at the school or in other mass shootings. Their job is very different. That's why you call in SWAT or the special response team or in New York, it's emergency services. I know as an agent working narcotics investigations as part of the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, we took some very violent individuals off the street. Many of them suffered from what I could only call brain rot, 
that's not the medical term, it's the Mike Cutler term, because they'd been using so much of the drugs that they were peddling that they were warped. And they were looking at life in prison. And they were very violent, and they were heavily armed. So we tried to get SWAT to go in, or emergency services, or the special response team, because they are with long guns and body bunkers and so forth. But there were times when we could not get one of those units, so I would go in with the agents or the police officers I was working with. In fact, I was doing an entry my last day when I injured my knee, not because I was in the shootout, but because my knee locked up. I had injured it several times in the past, doing, uh, you know, chasing people and tackling them at the contact sport. And we were running up five flights of stairs, and I was carrying one of those shields, what they call a body bunker. And I, I kind of missed the step, and my knee popped, and I went backwards. And luckily, I was caught by a New York City police lieutenant and an FBI supervisor. So I had great witnesses to what actually happened. And they said, are you okay to continue? And I said, look, all we got to do is get up the next three or four steps. We're there. Let's do the entry. Everyone's in position. And then I'll worry about my legs. So we hobbled through it. It turned out that the apartment was empty. The people we were looking for had just left, but we recovered weapons and drugs and records of drug sales and so forth. So I've done these entries. And you have people speculating in the news. The cops didn't go in. Why didn't they charge? Well, if this guy's got an automatic weapon, and I don't know if the AR-15 that he was wielding was fully automatic, but if it was fully automatic, and even if it wasn't, you could get off a lot of rounds with that kind of a rifle, and they will go through walls and doors and so forth, and you're not wearing body armor, you're not going to rescue anybody. You're going to die. Or you're going to, be, you're going to wind up in the ER with grievous injuries. So blindly charging into a situation Let's stop being Monday morning quarterbacks. Let's wait for all the facts. And I'm not standing up for law enforcement. Maybe some very bad mistakes were made. I'm hearing more rumors, but they're rumors. And I'm not going to discuss rumors with you because that's not what I do. As an agent, we dealt in facts, period, period. But this idea, they didn't charge in. Well, if the guy is firing hundreds of rounds, and you're not wearing body armor, and one of those rounds goes through your chest, you're dead. What does that accomplish? I mean, you want to do something to get to the kids. Maybe there were other ways of getting to the children. I don't know all the facts. I don't know the layout. I haven't seen the reports or any kind of an analysis. Let's not rush to judgment. That's what enrages me. Everyone wants instant news. It's like instant coffee. Put some powder in the cup, pour in some boiling water, coffee. It doesn't work that way. Let's assemble the facts. Everybody who participated, all the law enforcement people, all the witnesses need to give depositions. And they need to coordinate all the information and try to see what develops. Look at video footage that might exist. We are nowhere as close to having a completed investigation. When an airplane crashes, it very often takes a year or more for the FAA to tell you why the plane crashed. There might be three or four reasons why the plane crashed. This is no difference. This need to rush to judgment. There's a police shooting. But let's burn the cop. Cop did it. He shot the guy. Whoa, wait a minute. Well, what else do I need to know? Cop pulled the trigger. His bullet killed the guy. What was the guy doing? Well, we don't care. Cop killed the guy. This isn't the way that justice is served. This is not the way that our government is supposed to operate. 
And anyone who tells you otherwise is someone you need to be very careful with because that person is misleading you and leading you astray. We need to know what went wrong, liability issues and so forth, but also to try to prevent these attacks in the future. Maybe if schools were hardened, maybe if schools had armed personnel, people would be deterred and discouraged from even trying to attack a school. But you go past most schools in America today, and what do you see? Big signs up, and what do the signs say? Gun-free zone. What does that tell you? If you have a gun, you're going to be the only person with a firearm at that location. Does that deter the crazies, the wackaloons, and the plain old-fashioned evil? I saw a bumper sticker in Texas when I went to Border Patrol Academy, and it gave me a chuckle. And the bumper sticker said, firearms make for a polite society. If bad guys know that they're going into a facility where they may encounter firearms wielded by people who will stop them, they might not go into that facility. Most schools are not like that. We need to harden the schools. We need to look at the psychological issues. We need to look at family issues. There's a bunch of stuff we need to do, and gun control isn't on that list at at the top of the list. Let's have gun control. If we can make all guns vanish, maybe we could talk about gun control. It doesn't work that way. Law-abiding citizens will abide by the law and not get a gun if the law says they shouldn't. Criminals could care less. So increasingly, police are being hobbled by prosecutors and bad administrators, and people are dying. And at the same time, you have politicians saying, let's disarm the public. Final thoughts. I'm Jewish. My family was decimated in the Holocaust. My first wife, who died of cancer, her mom was in a concentration camp, and she always hated guns. And one day we had this big argument, and I said, why did no one repel the Holocaust? She was in a concentration camp. And she said to me, the Nazis had guns and we didn't. And I said, and you wanted to disarm the public? And the light bulb went off, and she was on in years at that point. And she said, wow, I never quite thought of it that way. Firearms protect us from tyranny and from the thugs, whether the thug is some nitwit on the sidewalk or somebody who occupies the position of authority in government. The Second Amendment is essential for our freedoms. People should have to have proper training. It's not just about handing out firearms like candy. But my goodness, the Founding Fathers got it right on so many things, First Amendment, Second Amendment, We ought to give some serious thought to why politicians want to disarm America, especially when many of them are not acting in our best interests. Food for thought. I thank you for spending time with me. This is the Memorial Day weekend coming up. Let's remember those men and women of the armed forces who made the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have the freedoms that we still have. And we should jealously protect those freedoms by being involved in politics, by having conversations with our neighbors. I'm sure you may be going to barbecues and picnics this weekend. I, have you, I hope you have a wonderful time. But let's have conversations, not fights, not arguments, just civil conversations. And the people that disagree with you aren't our adversaries. They are actually our allies if we can win them over. And the facts, common sense, morality, the laws, folks, All of those are on our side. I hope you will check out my articles at Front Page Magazine, and I hope you will share them and perhaps the link to this podcast with your friends and neighbors 
so that they understand that the discussion has to be based on facts and not lies, propaganda, and accusations. Remember, folks, democracy is not a spectator sport. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy Memorial Day. Let's remember the soldiers, and I'll see you next week. Be well. Stay safe. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.